Hey, Magic fans, Dante Marcatelli here from the Orlando Magic in Fox Sports, Florida. You're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Paul, Garen, and Mikey. Go Magic! What's up, Magic fans, and welcome to episode eight of Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Mikey. Uh, as usual, joined by uh, my friends Garrett and Paul. Guys, how you doing? Evening. Well, thank you. Well here. Good stuff. Um, and we're really pleased to uh, be joined by our friend from The Athletic, Josh Robbins. Uh, Josh, it's been a while since we uh, last caught up with you. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you for asking me. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. It's an honor. <laughs> thank you. So, um, so uh, before we start, um, if you guys don't know, Josh is, uh, covers the magic for The Athletic um, and previously The Orlando Sentinel. Um, we first bumped into Josh, I think it was 2016, wasn't it, at the London game? Right. Uh, before. So that was actually, Josh, if you didn't know, when all this started for Orlando Magic UK, it was that, that game was what kicked it all off. So, um, uh, yeah, so it's all, it's all gone from there, really. Um, Josh wrote a nice article for us uh, back in March um, called A Worldwide Connection. Um, so what I'll, I'll link that in the description of the podcast and the YouTube video so you guys can check it out. Um, Josh, for those who don't know who you are or, or what you do um, or where they can find you, uh, do you want to let us know a little bit about yourself? Well, thanks for even caring. Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, I write for The Athletic, which is a a online website that covers all sports in North America, plus the Premier League uh, extensively. And uh, if you would like to subscribe to our site, go to one of my articles about the magic uh, and then subscribe there. So we would love to have you and have you be a part of our family. And uh, it's an honor to be here with the three of you, three of you lads. Am I, am I sounding English? When I say that, is that, is that the proper word? Hey, nothing, nothing wrong with the effort, my friend. Nothing wrong with the effort. Okay. As Josh, um, you mentioned about covering the Premier League. There's some, there is some really good coverage as well. Some of the coverage on there is, I would suggest, better than um, some of the BBC coverage and stuff like that. It's really, there's some really good stuff. Um, being a Leeds fan, uh, the the coverage that comes there, along with yourself for the Orlando Magic, I get some really good information from there. It's good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Cool. So we're going to kick off the episode by firing a few questions at Josh. Um, so I'll let, I'll let Paul go first um, to kick us off. Okay. Josh, I've, it's a fairly generic one, but I think it's one that's interesting to a lot of people. What is life like on the road and what's the most fun part of the road trips for you? Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting, particularly because... With the way the virus is, is progressing here in the United States, I think it's highly unlikely that I'll be on the road um, anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, so that's something I'm, I miss it. I miss being on the road. Uh, I don't mind plane flights. I don't mind staying in hotels. I love seeing uh, other areas of this country and Toronto as well. Uh, because of this job, because I've covered this team, I've gotten to see the world really. Uh, I visited London uh, the second time I visited England uh, for the Magic's, Magic's game there in 2016. Loved it. 
been to Mexico City, went there two seasons ago. And so um, I miss it. I miss being in the arenas. I miss, uh, I miss doing my job and, and, uh, and uh, on the road. I still do my job. It's just different. How was it covering the magic during the bubble, Josh? Well, I was um, outside the bubble, but I was in, which basically meant that I would get tested twice a week, twice a week, and there would be seats for media like me uh, in the upper deck of these arenas. Uh, there's there's no replacement really for covering a team and covering games. Uh, in person, and particularly to, to be able to ask questions face to face. And I don't mean via Zoom, although there is a connection here between the four of us. Uh, you just simply can't re replicate what it's like to, to speak to someone in person, interview someone in person. Yeah. So uh, I know G's got a, a good question uh, about yeah. being in person. Yeah. So leading on from that, being in person, um, take us back, if you would, Josh, uh, back to April the 5th, 2012. Um, now, I've been a Magic fan for a long time. Uh, this was quite an important day in the franchise's history. Um, after morning shoot around, uh, Stan Van Gundy was uh, gathered around new reporters um, and he was told that you know he felt uncomfortable and he knew that Dwight Howard wanted the Magic to fire him. Um, Dwight walks in, of course, puts his hand around Stan. What was the atmosphere like amongst you reporters in that area? How long do you have for me to answer? <laughs> <laughs> All day. Okay, so to try to set the scene, and we'll see how good of a storyteller I am. That whole season was a, the biggest mess I've ever seen in 20 years in journalism by far. It was certainly, I think, the most contentious uh, feud between a team and its superstar in the last 10 years in the league. The Anthony Davis situation with New Orleans doesn't compare, uh, didn't compare. Up until that time, there were so many roller coasters. Would, you know, Dwight, I was the one who reported Dwight had demanded to be traded. That was December of that year. Uh, he never reneged on that request. He never rescinded that request. Uh, then the night before the trade deadline, when the Magic either have to trade him or risk losing him forever and knew that they would lose him forever, he bizarrely and strangely decided to stay. So anyway, it, it's just, it's, um, it was a tremendous roller coaster and Rumors were percolating, many of them untrue up to that point. It's April 5th in a very tense season, and the rumor that had been floating around had been floated again that Dwight wanted Stan gone. We were there at shoot around, and I was standing as close to Stan. I was holding a microphone, a tripod with a camera and a microphone. I was as close to Stan as I am to my computer screen. I was five feet away. I don't know how many meters that is. Um, and he was asked to do two minutes of the press session elapsed. And then he was asked a direct question. Um, and he 
provided a direct answer. And I couldn't believe that he confirmed. I, first of all, I, I couldn't believe that he confirmed it. Um, normally, a coach in that position would have lied. And if Stan's right here, I'm standing to just a little bit off kilter to his right. And out of the corner of my right eye, I see the little hallway that Magic players go through to go to their cars after shoot around and drive home. And at that time, I see Dwight walk there talking with a member of the Magic PR staff and my colleague at the time, my good friend and mentor, Brian Schmitz, and they were just chit-chatting. And they saw us all around Sam. They had no idea, the Magic PR person, Brian, had no idea, no idea of what Stan had just said, um, none. And one of them, I think it was Brian, said, oh, you ought to go over there. Again, just to emphasize, Brian had no idea what was happening or was about to happen. And Dwight walks in, puts his arm around Stan, and Dwight gets asked the question. And he basically denied it, denied it again, and said something effective. Well, all right, how, how do you know? How do you know? And well, Stan just told us. So it was without question, I think the most bizarre shoot around in NBA history. And it was kind of made even uh, more crazy by the fact that they were playing the Knicks that night. And the entire out of town media who covers the Knicks attended that shoot around because the Knicks shoot around was about an hour later on the court. Uh, that night Dwight played arguably his very worst game in the history of his magic tenure. Uh, it just was one of, it was a bizarre moment in the most bizarre season I've ever chronicled. And I've chronicled some crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be the standout moment of, of your, your pardon? Time? Would that be one of the standout moments of your time with the magic then as, as, um, as memorable moments, not necessarily the, the, the highlights oh, of the sure. career. Oh, sure. No question. That's, that's got to be way up there. Oh, it's the, it's the most, um, I think in that moment, the franchise's future changed, just changed on a dime. Uh, at the time, I think it would have been reasonable to assume that the team, um, that Dwight could have stayed. Now, the one thing that I would add, and I think it's important for context, a week later, or within the week, Dwight's back started to hurt. No one, and I mean no one at the time, had any idea the severity of that injury. As a matter of fact, that Saturday or that upcoming weekend, I think in the first game since that day that, that G just asked about, he had something close. He was a dominant in Philly. Because I remember covering that game. They won that game in Philly. Well, Dwight never played another game for the Magic, if my memory is correct. He had a, a back injury. And at the time, many people in Orlando assumed that he was faking the injury, that he was doing it to, to, to um, undermine Stan and get Stan fired. Um, or out of upset or petulance, over what had happened, because that crut, that moment unhinged Dwight. Um, turned out that that injury was very real. Mm. He had surgery, and 
Dwight has never been the same player since. Um, just, it's one of the saddest things um, that I've seen in the NBA, along with, and certainly one of the saddest things I've ever covered. And there have been other people, Bill Walton, many decades before us, uh, Brandon Roy, just to borrow two people from Portland whose careers were diminished. But um, that was an um, that was an unbelievable season to cover. Yeah, I, oh, I just can't. Ima- I just can't imagine what it was like being part of that huddle every day. Get not even having a clue what's going to get thrown at you. Well, it wasn't that unpredictable most days, and in that sense, right? So for a journalist like me, it's difficult to try to ferret out the quality of of the news. And at that time, I was being told um, things that I couldn't use in the paper um, out of out of from Dwight's side because they were all anonymous, um, and so that was kind of that was difficult. Um, at the same time, you know, journalists are not emotionally invested in a team in the way a fan is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm worried about, or was worried about getting the story right and getting the story or getting scoops, et cetera. And that was really more my concern. Um, even at that stage of my career, crazy stuff was not unusual for me to cover because I had covered college football in the United States uh, for four years before. And then, and that kind of stuff rivaled anything <laughs> I saw in the NBA. Um, but that was the most difficult season I've ever had to cover um, in pro sports without question. And as a Magic fan, this one you'll never forget ever. <laughs> and we're still recovering from it now, aren't we? I would imagine that imagine you are. I mean, the franchise has never been the same. It's never gotten back to that level. It just, it just hasn't. Yeah. So eventually, Dwight got traded. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kick off the episode by talking about some uh, other trade rumors. We're gonna start about talking about Russell Westbrook, um, and what your guys' thoughts are. Uh, Paul's shaking his head already. <laughs> I'll let you, go on, mate. Let us know what you think. You know, I, I, I'm a fan of Russell Westbrook. I think he's a fantastic player to watch. My problem is I don't think he's the player for us. Um, I'm not convinced. He's, he's gonna, he would add a lot of points without a doubt. But it's, he take, for me, he takes away from other players within the team. He's not necessarily a, a team player. He's, he's going to be ball dominant. Um, and with what we have, I'm not convinced that he is the right option. Plus, as well, can we take his contract on legitimately? I don't know. So, for me at this moment, it's a no. Gee. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with Paul there. It's, it's a no for me, um, only because of his age. I mean, you, you, Go back to Westbrook four years ago when he was averaging triple doubles. Um, you know when he's got the ball and he's driving downhill. Uh, there's nobody better at finishing uh, around the basket. But given he's just turned 32, um, I think year four of his contract, he'll be on to earn 46.7 million in 2023. So that's over a third of your, you know, your team salary uh, around an aging star. Um, 
you'd have to give a bit to get him. Not for me, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Although, um, you know, if you needed a name to uh, bring in to get bums on seats, then fantastic. Um, but the problem is with COVID, we don't need to put bums on seats at the moment. We don't know if we'll have fans there. So, um, at the moment, whilst it's nice to be mentioned, because Orlando aren't mentioned when it comes to, you know, targeting uh, players of this calibre, um, it's, it's a hard pass for me. Mm. How about you, Josh? He'd make them instantly more exciting. He'd make them better, I think, in the short term. Uh, he'd make them tougher. He'd make them uh, incredible theatre, I think. Uh, that said, I don't think that he, and I haven't heard this directly from anybody, I don't want to start a rumor, I don't think he'd want to <laughs> go to a, a team uh, that has a limited, uh, very minuscule chance of winning a title. I don't think he'd, he'd want that. I don't think he'd be happy um, in that situation. And so I don't think it's the right fit. And all of the points that the two of you have made are valid, are valid points. Um, there's, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to all of that. I, I don't envision, the rumors are that Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston. They're not necessarily rumors that he, that the Magic might try to, to entangle with Houston to bring him aboard, but um, when a player of that, I mean, how long have Magic fans been saying it, that, they, that their team needs a superstar? Well, the best way the Magic are going to get a superstar probably is through a so-called distressed um, mm asset, so to speak, or yeah. a person, yeah. you know, yeah. or a situate, a distressed situation where someone would want to leave a franchise and therefore is um, obtainable through a trade. But I'm not, I don't think that that's the optimal uh, scenario for Orlando. For, for yeah, me, sorry, Gene, uh, no, for, for me, um, it, it doesn't make, it doesn't make a huge a lot, amount of sense for me. Um, the only way I would see a, a Westbrook trade happening is if there's a second superstar that on another team that's disgruntled and says, right, I want to go and join Russell in another situation. Because you're not going to have the assets to go and acquire that player. And then even if you do, you've not got a lot left with to put players around them, have you? Um, when you're committing a huge amount of money just to Westbrook on his own. Um, for me, I think the positive news... Um, is that we're finally being uh, talked about with these kinds of players all of a sudden. A couple of years ago, that wasn't the case. So to me, that shows that the front office have made strides in building up the assets and, and the right amount of contracts, the right, um, and, and being that next team in line that when that disgruntled star does come along, we're one of the teams in line that have got the pieces there that could possibly acquire somebody. Um, I don't think Russ is that player. Um, I think we need to be a little bit more patient. And I think in the next year or two, a better offer or a better opportunity might come along. Um, so let's, let's dive into the off season then. So uh, last week, the NBA and the NBA Players Association agreed on um, a, a new collective, well, it wasn't a new collective bargaining agreement, but they've, they've, uh, 
amended it, shall we say. Um, so we've got the NBA draft on Wednesday, the 18th of November. So we've only got five, four or five days until that. Uh, we've got free, ag- free agency kicking off two days later on the 20th. Um, we've got training camps starting around about the 1st of December with opening night on the 22nd. So we've got a really condensed off-season. So uh, looking ahead to the draft then, um, G, what, what, do you, what do you think the Magic are going to do? Well, the Magic front office uh, are conservative, let's be honest. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not like the, the Lakers or, I don't know, maybe a Dallas or somebody like that who's just going to swing big and, you know, try to land a key piece. Uh, that's what I was just going to add to, uh, you know, the comments about Westbrook. Um, it's a bit more about patience with them, getting the right guy, etc. cetera. Um, so when it comes to the draft, um, you know, we were lucky enough to uh, listen in um, on Matt Light on Wednesday. And, you know, they've done their due diligence, it sounds like, um, and they're going to pick the best available player for us. Um, in terms of prospects, us in the UK, we don't get the same, um, you know, viewing um, of the college game same, that you, same coverage. you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. So it's difficult for us to, you know, say, well, I like that guy. But from what we've read, et cetera, uh, there's a couple of standout guys for me. Uh, Devin Vassell. Um, I'm just referring to my list because I can't remember the names. Uh, Killian Hayes, RJ Hampton, if he fell to us, or possibly Cole Anthony. Um, but then if we make a move, move up, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a bit up in the air, um, but I, I can see the magic staying put, maybe making a little trade um, and just getting the best guy. What's your take, Josh? Have you, uh, have you got any, any, anything juicy to give us? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just filed a piece about whether the Magic should totally blow up their roster, uh, which um, is going to be a good read. Um, if there's a time to do something um, out of the ordinary, now is probably the time to do it, I think. Uh, in terms of, let's just assume for a second that they stay at 15. I don't think Devin Vassell is going to be available at 15. I think someone along the lines of, of Aaron Neesmith of Vanderbilt, he's a six foot six um, outside shooter, essentially, uh, might be the person that they trade for. Mention RJ Hampton, who's a, about a 20 year old combo guard. Um, Kyra Lewis, uh, speedy guard out of Alabama. I don't know if he will be available at 15. Tyrese Maxey, a guard out of Kentucky, possibility. Uh, Sadiq Bay, a wing, another good shooting wing from this time from Villanova. Uh, possibilities. Killian Hayes, I don't think he'll be around at 15, but he kind of fits the profile of the type of player uh, the Magic like. You know, tall, long arms. Um, I, I'm eager to see what they do. I'm eager to see what they do. Do you so think there's anybody? Sorry, Josh. Do you think there's anybody there that you think the Magic are really willing to trade up for? Because so, there's been a lot of talk about Golden State at two, uh, even Minnesota at one, um, but I, I, I'm not really sure there's anybody there worth worth moving up for this year. Is there? Well, I don't think that the Magic have the 
I don't think the Magic could work a trade to get to number one or number two. Uh, I just, I just don't. Uh, somewhere in the middle of the lottery, as has been rumored by the Ringer, uh, that might be a possibility. I think that's more legit. Uh, I'm not sold on the star power in this draft. Uh, there may be a little bit more depth in and around at 14. Um, but no, I don't see a definite all-star, future all-star at, at uh, number two anyway, necessarily. Um, again, this is what creates such the intrigue to the draft. It's, it's as they say in the United States, a crapshoot. I don't know if that that word means anything to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's that's right, a, a roll of the dice. A roll, does that mean, does that work? Yes. That translates? Go okay. for it. Um, I'm eager to see what they do. I mean, you touched it on a little bit earlier, G. The front office are very conservative and trading up is just something I don't see the magic either wanting to do or either having the ability to do, as Josh has already said, um, I think they'll just, I think they'll get to 15 and look at who's left on their draft board and think, well, actually, if, if nobody's really there that they want to take, they'll probably, they might even draft back. They might even drop down the, the draft. May I interject? Go for it. I just want to clarify. I just want to clarify. What I said was, I don't think the magic have the wherewithal to to trade to number one or number two, uh, a, getting maybe somewhere into the middle of the lottery. Now that's more doable mm. um, to get, to go maybe go after a Devin Vassell, maybe, um, and maybe not just Vassell, maybe someone else. But um, I think middle of the lottery is far more doable, um, but not necessarily probable than, yeah. than one or two, getting to one or two. Josh, on that. Do you think the Do you think the Magic will draft best player, or in terms of you know position, best in position that would fit the team? I I think they would try to hope both qualities would dovetail. Yeah. That the person who fits the needs also is the best available player. Now the per, a person who may be the best available player now may not be. Um, may not have the upside or the high-end potential that someone um, who was drafted 16, 17, so on, um, mm. has. I, I think the Magic would probably, uh, well, we'd see. I, I think the Magic will wind up with someone who's a wing or a guard this time, but because it, this, this draft does seem a little bit deeper there um, mm. to me. Uh, but... If there, if there is a real pattern to this front, this current front office of Jeff Weltman and John Hammond at the top, uh, it is that they like very tall, lengthy forwards. And if they were to strictly hold to the pattern, that's who they would draft this time. Um, but I think that in this case, a need and and uh, the people who will be available could could meet. I'm just imagining what magic Twitter would be like if we drafted another set forward. forward. <laughs> um, my issue, you've just touched on it, Josh, for me, with my issue with trading up is not necessarily, or if you do trade up to one, two, three, are you going to get somebody that is going to be better than what we've got, ultimately? Granted, in the short term, it could be that you take a step back 
as they develop. But not necessarily are you going to get somebody who has that star potential or has that um, all-star career. Um, so you could be throwing an awful lot in to get very little in return. Because to, to go up to a... To get Golden State's number two draft, um, the, the online stuff is all around. We'd have to take Wiggins on and give up Vooch or Aaron Gordon or both to get the number two. And I just think we're throwing an awful lot to not necessarily get a huge amount back because there's no guarantee. Well, now, let me... No, I don't see the Magic getting up to number two. No, I don't. Uh, but, but if it did require uh, taking back salary, um, that might be a different story. That might be a different story. But I, still, I don't, I don't envision Orlando getting to, to one or two. Of course, now watch that exactly happen 48 <laughs> hours from now. <laughs> and well, and have egg all over my face. As they say in the United States. Is as trading up for um, New York's pick. Is it eight or nine? Uh, I think there's this. And, and looking at possibly fitting something in with Dennis Smith Jr. as well. I keep seeing that one mentioned in uh, articles as, as a possibility. Um, that, that, but that would probably involve something like Evan being moved on as well. I don't envision Dennis Smith Jr. being a, a true target for the Magic. No, right, cool. No, I, 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 I think I don't that's think a so. fa It's fascinating to me, though, why his name always comes up in connection with the Magic. Uh, it's I'm fascinated to know why there is that inertia on Twitter anyway. Maybe it's simply because his name was mentioned a couple of years ago at the during his draft, mm. and people just keep going back to it. Uh, I'd be mm. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if the Magic trade for Dennis. Yeah. As the, only was the, the only reason I mentioned Danny Smith Jr. is because as in in looking through stuff for today, um, I've seen that one written by a couple of journalists and, um, as I've been reading through things that that's a possibility of moving up the draft that way to get a higher pick, uh, moving on from Evan and getting um, a backup point guard, uh, so to speak. I'm, I'm not convinced again. I'll be honest with you. I've said this earlier on to the guys. In looking through um, our off-season, what we have to do, it's like the brain's exploding because there are so many moving parts. You can't, you can't just look and think, okay, well, that's the gap we've got to fill. How are we going to do it? It's it's so difficult to look at this time around. No, their so issues lie much. Their 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 fundamental issues are much deeper than any one position. It, it's really um, high end high end future all star caliber talent. That's that's their overriding issue more than adding shooting or even adding a wing or a positional need. I, they they have bigger issues to face. Yeah. Uh, than adding Dennis Smith, who's not even the right player for them in the first place. I agree. Um, or backup point. They, I mean, they will maybe, they probably will need a backup point guard, but I would envision more along the lines of a Shabazz Napier or a Yogi Ferrell um, type or someone through the draft. Yeah. Jonathan Isaac's really the only player that does anything elite on this team as, with his defensive ability. 
there isn't really anybody else that's a standout shooter or or I don't know, a great passer. Um, and it almost feels like this season's already going to be a bit lost without Isaac, doesn't it? There's, there's no – well, I, I would say Vucevic is without question a top six offensive center. Um, certainly one of the better playmaking centers. There, he's not Nikola Jokic of Denver, but um, – yeah, he's somewhere in the in the mix after after Jokic. Um, and please refresh my memory. What was your your oh yes, Jonathan Isaac. Well, yes, his injury, I think, has cast a pall over the entire uh, team. Not over, not necessarily the players, because unfortunately, players, professional athletes are used to seeing teammates suffer injuries. That's the reality of high level sports. Uh, but I think in terms of the fan base, so much of the excitement from the fan base uh, just totally and just totally and instantly evaporated that day on August 2nd when, when J.I. tore the meniscus and ACL on his left knee. Um, it was like that. Instantaneous. I was, I was watching that game. Um, I, was, I was on the video wall that game. And the magic fan base that was on there, it just went silent. For a good couple of three seconds as he went down, it was silent. And then all you could hear was expletives as everybody realised that this is really, really serious and we've lost the guy again. Um, it was, yeah, it, it just took, in, in a game that we, were, that we won and we were playing superbly, it took any atmosphere out of the fans on that night really did and then we dropped off after that yeah and I don't think it's ever it's come back Um, that was tough to watch tough to watch tough to see even for a a grizzled old journalist like me (laughs) it was really painful um, and saddening really was so so J.I.'s injury. I cast a pall over this whole, this whole <laughs> enterprise. Just totally. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, so J.I.'s injury has has really left more questions than we thought we were going to have to answer this off season. Um, we got Evan Fournier, who's got a player option, which I think we all probably agree is going to pick up. Why would he not? Um, Why would he not? And the same with James Ennis, uh, who's got a two million player option. And then we've got DJ Augustine, Michael Carter-Williams, Wes Awandu, and Gary Clark are all unrestricted free agents. So uh, with free agency coming up, I don't think the Magic have got much wriggle room, um, apart from the mid-level exception. So what, what do you guys want the Magic to do? Is probably a better question. G? Um, it all depends what happens around draft night who we draft uh, position-wise. Um, out of that list that you said, um, yeah, you said Evan's going to opt in. Uh, James Ennis, two million. Could he get something better? Perhaps. The the class isn't good this year, so he might be able to get something else. But I don't know if you leave guaranteed money on, you know. Um, but other than that, the restricted free agents you said, the ones I, th- I would like to bring back myself... Um, and the ones who I feel have earned it, Michael Carter-Williams, being absolutely superb defensively, um, 
whilst you know there's some limitations on offense, um, you know that when he comes into the game, you, you you're happy because he tries 110. percent There's a there was a footballer called Robbie Savage, right? He played for Wales, and if you had 11 Robbie Savages on the pitch, you could leave the stadium at the end of the game feeling you know that they tried. So um, Carter Williams falls into that bracket for me. So I try and bring him back. Um, and Gary Clark's the other one. Um, signed him last year, I think the day before the Laker game. Came in and, you know, he just took off. And he was one of, one of our most consistent performers, uh, especially in the playoffs being put in and, you know, guarding Giannis. Fair play to the guy. Um, so I give him another, another go. And of course, Mikey, you can get his shirt now because you've got the same surname. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, does Josh know who Robbie Savage is? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. And I thought I knew <laughs> about uh, about football, European football, pretty well. Um, turns out I didn't. He wasn't very good. Okay, well. <laughs> I did watch the U.S. versus Wales the other night. I did watch U.S. versus Wales the other night. That wasn't a very good game, was it? No, but for the Americans, it was promising, I think. It was good to see um, young Ameri American players who are playing roles in, in Europe. Because I think for the United States to truly improve and become relevant internationally in soccer, that's where their young players have to play. Have to play. Yeah. Um, for me... In, and we all, you you guys know I'm I'm a huge DJ fan, and I think he's earned um, even if it's as the third option as point guard, I think he's earned a return. Um, he okay, there's times he can dribble the the air out of the ball. I won't argue that, but he also has an ability to shoot. He does offer us a, a, a shot. He does offer us decent playmaking, and he's plus minus when he's on the floor is huge for the Magic. Um, I think he's earned his time back. Um, obviously, if there are better options become available, then, yeah, I understand that you have to wave goodbye to the favourite player. I'm, I'm realistic. But I do think he's earned his position back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with Michael Carter-Williams. It's very hard um, to say that... Wes Uwundu might not get back in because again, the guy works so hard for the team. But it's it's hard. It's just so hard, as to say, to know what they're going to come back with. But like G said, a lot is going to depend on what positions we're looking at after the draft. Um, it would be very interesting to see that uh, battle ball that they've got. That uh, it was so that Matt was so careful not to show us the other night on the uh, on the call. <laughs> I, I know you guys want to talk about MCW and DJ, but I, I think we need to um, make bigger changes this off-season. I think it's time to... Uh, I know we, we've all spoke, to, spoke about this off-camera off before, but I feel like with DJ... Uh, sorry, with DJ, with Jonathan Isaac being out this year, it almost feels like it's a year where our record doesn't really matter a whole lot. If we have a good season, we make the playoffs again fantastic. But I think that 
Vooch's time is coming to an end. I think Evans' time is coming to an end. And I think the same with Aaron Gordon. The, the writing's on the wall. It has been for a year or so. Um, Sorry, go on, Paul. we were just talking about um, who of the, un, of, the restrict, of the unrestricted free agents that we were talking about coming back. Sorry. In, in which right. case, yeah, I totally agree. Um, Vooch's trade value is never going to be higher. If we are going to move on, then it's the moment. So, yeah, yeah, carry on, Mike. Yeah, no, sorry. So, with, with free agency, I, I think those sorts of players, you can find in free agency quite easily. I don't think finding a backup point guard is going to be a difficult thing. Um, to me, you move. I think you have to move Vooch now. His his value's never been higher, especially coming off the, the performance he had against the Bucks in the playoffs. Um, if Evan picks up his option, I think you try and move him either now or before the deadline. Um, and Gordon's probably the one I'm going to keep hold of to start off with. There's been a lot of trade rumours about uh, Aaron being moved with the draft pick or or in other deals. But to me, he had a bit of a down season last year. And I would give him that bigger role where you can let him sort of regain a little bit of value this year and then see what you can get for him at the deadline or maybe next off season but I think now's the time with Isaac out who's such a big part of what they want to do you have to make those changes now and I just feel like if he comes back and then you start making them it's gonna it's all gonna feel a little bit awkward for me um what, what do you think Josh I think that the team need has been and needs to uh determine what kind of trades are out there I'm not suggesting the team trade for the sake of making a trade, but certainly some sort of reassessment is necessary. And I write about this in the article I alluded to earlier that I filed um, less than an hour ago, uh, that this is a time where the team needs to reassess its overall direction uh, and try to find a way to either open up cap space or bring aboard promising young players or both. So uh, I would think almost anything is possible. I would think that, again, if Evan, assuming he picks up his player option, I would think that uh, Evan and Aaron are probably the more likely to be traded. Um, so that's what's going to make the week ahead and, and um, maybe the two weeks ahead and perhaps even the trade deadline. Uh, more interesting. Uh, this, it, it's um, these are valid points to make, gentlemen. These are valid points to make. I'm tell you somebody who he, we haven't talked about, Mo Bamba. Our sixth pick two years ago. Um, I'm sure we'd have all liked to see a bit more development. I know he's had issues with the COVID, uh, putting the extra, you know, strength and weight on, etc. But if you did move on from Vucevic, we've got somebody there who should be able to slot in there. Now, I know uh, we talked about it being a de developmental, developmental year. Um, so if you are to move Vucevic on, you stick Bamba in there. It doesn't really matter what happens this year. Let the guy play. Let the guy get some confidence. And, um, you know, hopefully he's our starting centre going forward. Paul was... Uh... Not the biggest fan of Bamba, are you? No, mate. Um, early on last season, I was quite happy to move on at that point. And I know it's early to give up on somebody. 
Um, I got to watch him in his rookie season um, for, I think it was four games I saw him in. And he, I don't know, there was just, nothing seemed to come naturally. He seemed to overthink everything that he did. Uh, now, whether that was a fear of making a mistake or whether it was just that the step up was so great, I don't know. But he just, there always seemed that moment where he delayed whatever he was going to do, which allowed um, a defender to close on him, to cut down the shot or to cut block um, whatever he was trying. Uh, or the only, there were only odd moments where he seemed to play um, instinctively. And during the early part of last season, and I know it's different watching on the, on the TV via League Pass to actually being in the arena, but I was getting that same sort of feeling. Now, I did go back on that a little bit as the season progressed. Um, I did feel that he started to pick up. But I don't know. I'm, I'm far from sold on him yet. I'm far from sold on him. I know it's early to give up, but I don't feel he's untouchable. Um, and I'm not convinced he's going to be the long-term answer to the centre. I'd like to see Isaac go, given a go at the five. Which we've talked about before, haven't we? Um, no, for, for, again, it'll, it carries back round to what I was saying just now. I think by moving Vooch now, it gives Bamba a whole year to show us what he has. Um, I can see which, the merit of the argument. Yeah. Um, he's got to earn that play in time. Of course he has. But to me... <laughs> There's lots of questions about him. We all knew he was going to be a bit, a bit of a project in terms of having to put on some size when he got drafted. Um, he was raw when he came out of Texas. But to me, I think you've, in year three, you've got to give him a bigger role and, and see whether he can swim or not. Um, and then next offseason, then you can reevaluate where he's at and then make the choice of whether you're going to stick with him or move in a different direction. But again... Josh has already alluded to, haven't you? You, you said now's, now's the time to make sure you're heading in the direction that you want. Well, I think they have to put themselves in a position where they can acquire through any avenues necessary uh, high-end caliber players. Uh, I don't, I don't think uh, that they would trade Vooch in order to. Uh, gift Mobamba the starting position to see what he can accomplish. He has to first, uh, in my judgment, prove that he can be a rotation player in the league. Yeah. Um, so let's see what happens. Let's see what yeah, that's a cop out on my part. Uh, <laughs> but um, he he has all the he has some physical uh, abilities that can't be taught. His height and, and uh, length. He is a potentially elite three-point shooter. Uh, his shot blocking rate was elite, even though he does not appear to really know where to go on defense or how to use his length on defense effectively well. Um, but so far, there's a lot of skepticism within the league among the, the people outside of the Magic who I speak with uh, as to him being an effective uh, second-string center. So... 
let, as I've written. So um, at the same time, he's had some very real obstacles and uh, he, I think, deserves a chance to overcome those obstacles like the shin bone fracture, uh, like the COVID um, diagnosis he had. Uh, it's too it's too early to to write him off. I feel I that's what that's what I think. So basically, none of us have a clue what they're going to do in the next couple of weeks. If I knew for certain what they were going to do, I would have written it already. I can promise you that. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, so the mid level exception. Who who will they go after? Now, do, do, you, do we think we'll use our mid-level exception? I think it's going to depend on Evan's situation. Um, I go through this in depth, through some nice charts and other things on the athletic where people can kind of follow along. Um, they, they potentially, again, if Evan comes back, could go up to the tax. Uh, $132 million total. Uh, I don't think that's a conversation that the Magic front office would have with team ownership, not for a middling team. Um, you know, we'll have to see what some of the other moves are that they make, but for this year, they potentially are in for some rough salary cap sledding, as they say in the United States. Rough sledding, that is not, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say rough salary cap sledding. I think I'm pointing that term right here, right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pardon me. Uh, so, Moving on then to uh, training camp and uh, the regular season. So we're going to have a reduced 72-game uh, regular season um, with a short turnaround, short short off-season. Um, what do you guys think? What, what what are you looking ahead to in terms of how difficult do you think it's going to be for, for all these teams? Everybody's in the same boat at the end of the day, but for the Magic, you've got all these questions. How difficult do you think it's going to be in in the next few weeks to prepare? I, I personally think we're in for a hard season. Um, we all envisage teams around us having improved. Um, I'm still not sold on Atlanta, but I guess that we are going to be in somewhat of a competition with them around the eighth seed. Um, I'm personally excited to see last year's draft pick Tumor come into the team and see what he can bring. Um, everything I read about the guy is that he's very focused. He's uh, very much team first. He's a team player, um, has an ability to shoot and can do lots of things well. Um, and there appears to be a lot of excitement around him. So I'm really excited to see him. Really excited to see him, what he brings for the team. What, what have you heard for, from a Kiki, Josh? I caught up with him face-to-face -face back in uh, late January. I wrote about him in early February. What struck, and I had seen him before when he was, shortly after he was drafted, what I was struck by was just how tall, but really how muscular he is. Um, so that, that I was not expecting. Uh, he's, uh, he's been working hard, I've been told. Uh, Matt Lloyd gave me a pretty good uh, scouting report, as appears on The Athletic, uh, earlier this past week. Um, 
So it's going to be fascinating to see what he can do. There's no question. However, the one thing I could say with real certainty is, is that he's going to need time to knock off a tremendous amount of rust. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, he has not played since late March of 2019. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be um, difficult for him at first, but watching him develop, and seeing what he can do will be one of the most fascinating things of the se- uh, aspects of the season ahead, for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, everyone's going to be in the same boat. Um, so f- we're all starting from, you know, same point. Um, I don't think there's an advantage to the likes of the Lakers and the Heat having, you know, played their final series a month or two ago. Um <sighs> We had a, a lockout shortened season back in 99-2000, I think. Uh, we played 50 games. So I think the turnaround must have been uh, possibly shorter. Josh might know. Uh, I can't remember. I was only a young whippersnapper then. Um, so it's been done before. Um, and everyone's just got to get on with it, really, haven't they? Um, it's going to be testing for, for the new guys coming in, you know, having couple of weeks turnaround to get accustomed to your new teammates not having summer league um because that's when they get accustomed to you know the systems the assistant coaches um so yeah we'll see it'll be interesting do we foresee fans in arenas josh do you think the magic will have fans in this season well i think there i i think it will depend in large part on the regulations in each locality um, what sort of, of regulations are put forth by either cities or states. Um, I'm not, I don't know what the magic will decide. I do know that Florida seems to be on the more um, permissive side. I'm not adding any judgment there positively or negatively, but uh, I think Florida's sporting venues are, are more likely to be open than some other venues, uh, certainly in the country. Um, but this will be a season like no other. Uh, great, great point, G, about the lockout shortened season. Um, this is going to require a turnaround that is going to make the, the quality of play, especially early on, very ragged, very ragged. Um, mm. Yeah. So to uh, finish off the episode, uh, this week the Magic unveiled their new Orange City Edition uniforms. Uh, is it a thumbs up, a thumbs down? Are we are we in? Are we sat on the fence? Uh, Josh, are you going to be? Is orange your colour? I have no problem with orange. <laughs> I wouldn't be buying. I wouldn't be buying any team's jersey anyway. Um, it was not quite what I expected. Uh, I expected a, a full orange jersey with white lettering. Uh, goes to show what I know. Sorry, was that Paul? What's your thoughts? Do you like it? I do. However, I do have one big complaint. Um, the ORL, then the star why not put the NDO and have the full Orlando text like they did on the 89 uh, road jersey, the black one, 
have full Orlando instead of all and the star. That annoyed me because <laughs> uh, I like uh, a traditional jersey. Other than that, though, um, I don't really have anything orange in my wardrobe, so it, it's a new colour for me. So, um, yeah, I'll try and rock it and see how it goes. I'm going to say, regardless of whether you like it or not, we know that you're going to buy it. Yes, I will buy it. You can't have these <laughs> links in your collection, can you, my friend? No, you're right there. Mikey, I know uh, you didn't like last year's, did you? I, I didn't. I actually bought it and sent it back. I didn't, I wasn't, the grey didn't do it for me last year. Um, but this year is a massive upgrade on last year's jersey. Um, nice and nice and low key. If it was full orange, like Josh thought it was going to be, um, I probably wouldn't have gone with the full orange. But uh, no, I think they've done a really nice, a really nice job of it this year. Paul, you're not a fan of white really, are you? No, I don't do white. I don't do white at all. I think I, I, I spent so many years in white shirts at work. I just do not do white. Um, <laughs> however, I did have to have a climb down on this one. I quite like the shirt. I quite like it. I still oh, prefer yeah. last year's. I still prefer last year's. I thought last year's, well, last year's was one of my favourite shirts that we've ever had. Um, I know that's not echoed by a lot of Magic fans. I loved it. I thought it was a great colour. I really liked the the uh, the grey and orange of last year. But um, I do quite like this one. I was really surprised that I do because I don't do white shirts, as we say. But I, I still preferred last year's. Still preferred last year's. You're not going to change my opinion on that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know we spent many an hour already this week discussing <laughs> which was the better. Cool. So, uh, guys, I think that wraps us up for today. Um, Josh, I just want to say a massive thank you for coming on. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. I would like to affect an English accent, but I don't dare. I don't dare. Um, <laughs> Go I on, finish could, with I it. I wish I could, but it's a pleasure. And I just want to say thank you to everyone in Britain who was so nice to me when I visited twice. Uh, loved it there. Loved it there. And, um, you know, thank you to the three of you for having me on and uh, thank you for uh, reaching out to me. It's a pleasure. We can't pleasure. wait to be back over there and seeing you in person, my friend. Yeah, well, that would be great. Not just to see you, but to know that our, that we're, we've made progress. Yeah. With yeah. this pandemic. All, all three of us have had trips canceled now. You've had two, haven't you, Gene? You should be over there at the moment, shouldn't you? Yeah, I should be there right now. I know. Mine is, uh, we've had ours canceled for March of next year. That's gone. So uh, we've we've all fallen victims to it so far. But, uh, we look forward to being back. But Josh, as was said, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm just looking out my yeah. window here. Gee, it's a beautiful day out. You're missing a beautiful day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Mike is going <laughs> We've Rub had it. nothing but rain here. Rain, 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 rain. Rain, wind, and cold. It's been beautiful. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. So again, thanks for coming on, Josh. Um, I will link uh, uh, in the description of the video and, and the podcast Josh's link to the Athletics. So you can read his uh, his great work that you can find on there. Um, Josh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? At uh, at jo Joshua B Robbins, I have R O B B I N S. That's me. Great stuff. So hopefully we can have you on again at some point in the future. Um, and uh, 
look after yourself and hopefully we'll see you soon. All right. Great to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Please subscribe to the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. Check out the website at orlandomagicuk.com and support us by using our links to the official NBA store and Fanatics for your official sports merchandise, including the NBA, NFL and many more. You can follow us at Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Go Magic!